Welcome to another episode of the Life Adventurous Podcast. We are into the chakra series and we are on the sacral chakra. And this is our second person of two. And I am so excited for today. Now, I will say if you are listening to this and you are maybe around kids or you are sensitive, I don't know, just heads up. We're going to be talking about some things that could be like, ah. I don't want to hear those words, but I think that's part of the learning. So maybe you do stick around because you're like, oh, what words are they talking about? But today we're getting into sexuality and that's a huge part of the sacral chakra. And, you know, it's the creativity, the sexuality. And when you're working with your chakras, especially the lower three, as we talked in a previous episode in that triad of of your chakras, getting those blocks unblocked so that you can open up the rest of them is so, so important. I will say this is this is an episode I was very much looking forward to because this is something I wanted to work on in my own life. But without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest today. Her name is Clara Wilder. She's a sexual educator, a goddess of sensual massage, and a professional sensual dominatrix. All I gotta say is I wanna know more and whatever the next thing is, is welcome to the show. But what I'd like you to do is just share a little bit about who you are. Tell us what some of those things mean in your title. And then after you're done with that, you have to share something fun about you. Wow. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for the introduction. Of course. (laughs) That's like a big tall order to finish. You got it. (laughs) First of all, I'm a mother of six. Woo. Girl, I'm going to bow down so to you sexuality. right now. <laughs> <laughs> and to that, maybe I'm starting actually with the fun. Is that okay? First? Sure, let's start fun. And to that, I have for my six children, there are five are boys and one is a girl. Wow. Uh, one is 26, one is 25. And then I have four young boys that are 12, 13, 14, and 15. Wow. And I absolutely actually love that fact that I'm a sexual educator because we talk about sexuality uh, like it's just a normal topic. Mm-hmm. And I actually love that because I think um, there is not enough sexual educator in our schools as it is. So for me to be able to actually talk to them openly about it and how to have sex, what is sex all about, how to treat women. Mm too. That is absolutely my jam. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So I have so many questions, but let us know, Mm -hmm. like, what does goddess of sensual massage mean? Well, actually goddess of sensual massage that was given to me by my clients. Oh, I am originally uh, an aesthetician. Okay. And I used to have my spa, which I lost during my divorce proceedings. Mm. Then I thought, well, what can I do? I really love people make people feel good feel good about their bodies and I enjoyed massage so I um, started massaging from my home kind of a little bit as a hobby Mm -hmm. and when I actually put the ad up all that came up were were men Hmm. and I was like oh well I for really I was in that space like you know I like 
I like working with women and I like making women feel good and feel about their bodies. And now all I have are men coming to me. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was a big stretch for me. And it was a big learning curve because it's different energy to massage men and women because with men, no matter what it does become a little bit more sensual and mm. more sexual in a, in a lot of ways. So, uh, I had to get over certain stuff and certain stigmas. I used to say, well, I don't want to massage men because I don't want them to pitch a tent on my table. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Oh my God. And then with every single client, that's what happens. So I had to kind of think, well, do I want to do this? and uh, Or don't I want to do it? And if I don't, what is stopping me? What really bothers me about it? Does it really bother me personally? Or does it bother me that it kind of comes with a stigma? Mm-hmm. You know, the stigma of a massage parlors and uh, of uh, sexuality and stuff like that. So that was another big thing I had to really think about and work through. Mm-hmm. And once I worked through it and I realized that it's really just a, a natural physiological response, that the fact that they're relaxed and their body like lets go, then, then I was okay to actually go and actually go deeper into it and enjoy actually the fact that they pitched tender my table. <laughs> <laughs> I never and even see- thought about that being something because I get massages regularly and I never even thought about, you know, when a male goes and gets one, you know, what may yes. happen. Mm-hmm. And, and a very often my clients would, they would ask, they're like, well, what if I do get erection on table what happens or i could see them really struggling and Mm -hmm. kind of checking out of their body because they were trying to concentrate on thinking about things that they will not get Mm erection so they got out of their body when i really wanted them to be in their body Mm -hmm. right so those were like a big learning curves and then when i could actually think about getting them into the body and showing them how their body can respond and what it actually feels to be in your body, then I really started enjoying it. And I developed my own method, how I massage. I stopped thinking about what steps I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I really stepped into the sensual massage. And um, I love it. Yeah. I really love showing people what it feels like to be touched, mm-hmm. to be touched intentionally, and uh, how to how it feels to be in our body and feel the sensations. Because very often, we are more in our head than we are in our body, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a very important to get into our body. And uh, I, just, uh, I just know how, I just have a knack for it, how to get people into their body, at least for the hour or hour and a half they're with me. Right. So for for their sensual massage, is that for men and women or is it like a massage? How is it different than going and getting like a deep tissue massage? Well, deep tissue massage usually deals with some uh, issues that you have with your body. And it's exactly what I said. It's a deep tissue. So it goes really deep. I like having a different strokes and different sensations. And sometimes I use a light touch. Sometimes I use a deeper touch. 
I don't worry about actually getting closer to genitals, Mm -hmm. which deep tissue, when you are like RMT, usually there are a lot of rules and I do not follow those rules. Got it. So if clients want to be nude, because a lot of clients enjoy being nude, they're nude. Mm -hmm. Usually the first massage you would have, there is a certain little covering, but I don't worry about a big covering or anything. And if later, if there is a, good understanding if they are understanding my boundaries and respecting them then we can go nude got it so uh, because i don't know a lot about this is this Mm -hmm. like so it's not a traditional massage house or whatever okay so they're coming specifically like the clients who are coming for sensual massage already know what Mm -hmm. that is or have a curiosity about it yes okay yes Yes. And usually before the massage, before the first massage, I lay down the rules. And uh, as I said, and they tell me whether I can, you know, what kind of touch they like, or we explore, we explore their body, find uh, which erogenous zones they like and stuff like that. It's it's more, it's more like exploration of their body Mm -hmm. for our first few massages. Yeah. And that, and that actually, um, I'm glad we clarified that because I really wasn't sure. Right. I was Mm -hmm. curious. I was like, what does this mean? Especially when you said like, you know, maybe even getting out of your head and more into your body, because I was thinking Mm -hmm. from a traditional massage standpoint, Mm -hmm. how much more I enjoy the massage when I'm present versus when Mm -hmm. my mind's thinking about all the other things. So I can only imagine if you are exploring your sexuality and your sensuality, how much more important that would be to apply that mm-hmm. concept of going from head to heart. Yes. And, and, and your whole body, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, because usually what, what we usually concentrate on is our head and mm-hmm. our genitals. Those are the only two kind of parts would be, ex- would be usual feel. Mm-hmm. But our whole body's got so many erogenous zones and that we actually can feel so much more. Yeah, no. And and so now let's pull this into the chakras a little bit. How does mm-hmm. all of this tie into the sacral chakra from your perspective? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the the orange sacral chakra is all about sex, sexuality. It's about all your passion. It's about indulgence, right? So this is really uh, about our personal power. So this is really how it ties in that very often we don't allow ourselves to feel pleasure and we don't allow ourselves to feel in, in the first place, to feel at all, right? We have a very few feelings Yet we don't allow ourselves to feel excitement very often. We don't allow ourselves just flow. So when when I'm massaging, I actually the sacral chakra really flow allows the flow of the energy because I do go into the lower abdomen. I do not touch the genitals, but I get very close. I go to the hips and I do the inner thighs and I do the lower abdomen. So it really allows the energy actually flow. So if there is a stuck energy, I get my clients to uh, breathe really deep into their abdomen. So they, that helps with the stuck energy as well. So as long as we start feeling that energy, it kind of, I can spread it all to the whole body. How can you tell yeah. that they're stuck energy? Like, does it show up? Like, I'm just thinking for myself, 
if my massage therapist in a traditional massage goes a little bit close mm-hmm. to my inner thighs, I get ticklish. I'm like, Ooh, you know, it's super ticklish. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and of course, then it creates, I mean, it depends if you've worked with the person, but I've, I've been with some massage therapists who are like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's fine. I'm just letting you know I'm really ticklish. And I've been told by my massage therapist that I am the most ticklish client she's ever had on her table. And she's been doing it for a long oh. time. So I'm like, hmm, how can you tell if there's stuck energy? Is there, you know, <laughs> or is that, is ticklish a different thing? Ticklish can be actually. Mm-hmm. Ticklish is very interesting because ticklish can be that you are uncomfortable being touched in that place. Mm. So the body kind of gives you the ticklish response and all you have to do is let go and breathe deep and try to relax. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can go a little bit deeper and do a little bit different touch. And if you can go through it, under the tickle can be actually the most exquisite feeling that you can actually access. Do you feel like that is on any part of your body? Because the spots I get ticklish are like my underarms, my calves, the inner thighs, and sometimes the bottom of my feet if they go too light. Well, as an esthetician, I used to do a lot of pedicures, right? Mm-hmm. So I would have people who uh, who have very ticklish feet. And that's also because there's a lot of nerve endings in our feet, right? So what I would say is just, again, relax and breathe. And I'll try different movement and different pressure. And then if they're okay with the pressure, I'll do it for a little bit and just let them breathe and go into the lighter pressure and then be able to usually, usually get through that. Now you got me thinking, cause I'm wondering, okay. I mean, I, I just always laugh like, oh, I'm ticklish, but I'm almost wondering too, as we're talking about here with the chakra and blocks and energy and even just how we respond to sexuality. And we haven't even gotten into that part of the chat yet, mm-hmm, but I'm just mm-hmm. sitting here thinking when these things come up, you know, even doing some self-reflection and mm-hmm. asking yourself, hmm, what is this, right? What is this? Why am I showing up this way? Do you feel like those kind of questions when they come up, when your body has a response or when you're not fully relaxed, that we could ask those kind of questions, the self-reflecting questions? Of course. I think there's always a good time for self-reflecting questions. I mean, every time you feel different, uh, you feel like there might be something under the sensation or the feeling you have. It's always great to ask yourself why and kind of self-reflect on that because, uh, there might be some really incredible gems under that. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I did, you know, feeling it wasn't maybe appropriate to massage men. It was like, well, why is it? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel that way? And is it really my feeling or is it somebody else's? Mm, yep. Yep. Totally get that. So how do you think, because I mean, I've been doing a lot of that work in all other aspects of my life, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. going into my sexuality is something that I've never really done. I've maybe thought about it here and there, but I've never really like applied some of those life transformational and life growth aspects to my sexuality because mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of like, who do I follow? Who do I learn from? And thank God we have you on this podcast, so we're going to learn. But that's kind of like been the question, like, who do you learn from to where it's not, you know, stigmatized or this weird icky thing? Or maybe it's not icky. Like, what what do you think about all this? Because I feel like I grew up here. Let me just back up a little bit. I grew up yeah, under yep. under like the idea that here's a couple things. In high school, I was afraid to kiss guys because I didn't want to get a detention. 
because if you got caught <laughs> kissing in the hall, you get a detention. So I was like little Miss Goody Two Shoes. And also for whatever reason I picked up through, whether it was my parents like trying to protect me as a teenager or whatever, I'm not sure exactly how it manifested, but I was so hardcore. I'm not having sex till I get married. Don't touch me. You know, guys would ask me out or I'd ask guys out and then they would say, well, are you a freezer? And a freezer meant you, you kissed or you messed around or you didn't. And I would have to circle yes or no. And I always had to circle yes because I wasn't willing to kiss or do sexual things because I was so mortified of being called a slut or having sex too early or whatever. So, I mean, like all of that started early. And then from there, it's like, who do you learn from? You learn from your friends or, you know, I just watched one of your great videos on Facebook where you're talking about different sex toys and how to use them. And you said, it's okay to use a sex toy in a sexual act if that's what works for you and your partner. And I feel like too, I even picked up back in high school, you know, like, oh, I don't use sex toys because it has to be the real thing. And I'm a loser if I use one, like just all these beliefs that we pick up especially at a young age. So I guess that's kind of where I'm like, I feel like so much of it, at least for me, has been very stigmatized to talk about it, go into it, explore it, own it, et cetera. Because it's like, who do you talk to? Where do you go? Where are the safe places? That's actually quite, (laughs) uh, that is a lot because it's really hard to learn about sexuality. I mean, I'm quite open in my posts I don't get many likes and I used to be so really hung up on, Oh my gosh, nobody likes it. And then I get private messages. Yeah. You know, people don't so want to be understand- seen. They don't want to be like, Oh, I like this cause I need it. Or I like this cause I am dirty or whatever stigma is there. You know, you're yes. like, I'd rather just yes. be not seen. Yes. I think the best thing really is to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. It is to really, sit down and give yourself time to see whether those beliefs are really yours and if you subscribe to them mm-hmm. or if they are somebody else's and you are subscribing to them because you are afraid of being slut shamed mm-hmm. slut shaming is huge in our society it's just uh, it's it's heartbreaking you know and um if you are a woman who is really powerfully standing in your sexuality and in the fact that you are a sensual and sexual being, well, you are going to have haters and you are going to be shamed. So it's really up to you to actually work out the, no, I am, this is me. And, you know, we all come from sex, all of us, whether we like it or not. Right. Sometimes we don't want to think about the how we got here. <laughs> a lot of people don't. <laughs> right? Oh, that's funny. But I mean, the the societal messages we're getting, the messages from we got at home, uh, messages we got in the school, in the church, it's always been all about being a, they were very puritanistic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially for us, for women, it's like we shouldn't feel pleasure. Pleasure is not good for women. It's a dirty word. And it's not a just sexual pleasure, like pleasure in general. Mm-hmm. That's why we have all stupid things like guilty pleasure. What's mm-hmm. guilty about pleasure? Right, right. That's a good point. Right? It makes you feel good. It makes you feel strong. It makes you feel cared for. It's, um, 
our society just did a really big number on us. And I think it's up to us, up to our generation and then the younger generation to kind of uh, just make it normal, normalize conversation about sex, normalize the fact that women have a, a huge desires, you know, and that it's not just that it's the woman who gets headaches. Actually, more lately, what I hear <laughs> is that a lot of men have headaches too. <laughs> but it's all about our society, that we are told that women are supposed to be this way and men are supposed to be this way, and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And you know what? We are in uh, 2021, and we still have very schizophrenic relationship with sex. Mm-hmm. On the one side, we are really bombarded by uh, sexuality in ads, in magazines, in you know, half-naked women with beautiful bodies and everything. And on the other side, we are still very afraid to talk about it. And one thing you're asking about who to follow, don't think that if somebody is acting or talking about sexuality openly are actually really cured and open with their sexuality. Hmm. Because very often people act like they're sexual, like they're open to sexuality, yet they're doing it just to please others or just to look cool. Hmm. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, and we see that in other facets of life, but I feel like in this very vulnerable place to to learn about sexuality, because I can remember back when I very first wanted to be an entrepreneur, I was very vulnerable and I was looking mm-hmm. for anybody and I listened to anybody and everybody because I was in mm-hmm. that like new space. So I feel like in the vulnerability space of our sacral chakra and our sexuality, that is so mm-hmm. important. I'm glad you pointed that out to be mindful of who you're following. So how could you, how are there ways you can identify if someone is authentic in teaching and talking about that? That is a tough question because I, myself, I have a, my own coach mm-hmm. for my, and I'm just actually now finishing my course on um, being sexual educator. And we talk about that. And I can tell you, it's, it's really difficult because I'm supposed to do my videos about certain things, like let's say masturbation, and just really say it as an educator. And I always put some my my kind of points of view. Uh-huh. And, and she always says, no, it's not about you putting your points of view or seeing it through your experience lenses. You are just an educator. So you're just about to, you're just supposed to say the facts. Mm-hmm. And I have a really hard time about that. <laughs> that. So, and I do notice that sometimes there are certain sexual educator or sex coaches that they do rely um, really heavily on their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And even though it is good sometimes, sometimes it's not because uh, if there is, a, for example, somebody has a issue with men, you can kind of feel it through it mm-hmm. well and I feel like too I guess what I'm hearing here is it's step one is being open and curious to find out and find the people 
you know, like mm -hmm. I, I, like I mentioned, I watched a couple of your videos and what I loved about them. Cause you know, at least at first I was a little bit hesitant. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm having her on the podcast. So I'm curious. Right. But also I was like, okay, what am I walking into? Right. What, what is this I'm about to watch with all these different sex toys on the screen? But then I had that level of curiosity and then I was like, wow, this is just a regular conversation. It had your personality on it, but you just very clearly went through the different toys, how to use them, some of the pros and cons. Like I felt like it was like, okay, this is cool. I like this. And this is not, I didn't feel like I was watching what maybe I perceived, not necessarily of you, but of the industry. Like, oh, I'm going to be watching some porn star tell me how to go pound town, you know, around the corner, like that, those preconceived notions we have around what a sex educator may or may not do, or maybe be that boring science teacher in fifth grade, you know, who had to talk about sex ed to us or whatever, you know, like there's gotta be a happy medium. So I love that you are sharing and I want you to share even more because I feel like this, like you said, this can really help unlock a lot of things for a lot of people. So where do you feel like, you know, where do you feel like there's like the time and place for sex education? And then where do you feel like it crosses the line and maybe goes into another realm? I don't even know how to ask it. Like, do you feel like there's a line that could be crossed that now it turns into? I think you have to choose really what works for you. For example, I studied pleasure with uh, Mama Gina in New York City mm -hmm. in 2019. And I remember in the first meeting we had, they were women who couldn't even say the word pussy. Yeah, she wrote that book, right? Pussy, Mama Gina's School pussy of Pussy. Mama G yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Right. Pussy, the reclamation. And so there were women who were really couldn't even say the word. And at that point, I was already studying and I was already doing my sensual dominatrix stuff. So you really have to find somebody would works for you so if you're somebody who's just stepping into sexuality and really learning about it you want to find somebody who is uh, kind of on your level if you, if you know what i mean mm -hmm. somebody who you would understand and you will not feel triggered mm, yeah that's a good point right mm -hmm. because sexuality is a huge trigger for almost everybody because we all have some sexual wounds so one thing that can trigger somebody, it will, might not trigger somebody else. So if that is already, if you're already past certain level, you, then you can find a sexual educator who would go a little bit deeper into you. It's like if you're learning how to read, you know, you're reading really easy books with big letters, or you can go and read Dostoevsky. Mm -hmm. It really depends which level you're on. Mm -hmm. I, I find the same for sexuality you might find somebody who is a great sexual educator at your level and somebody or somebody if you need to go into more depth like the BDSM and uh, stuff like that. Where do you so feel I think that's a big part. Where do you feel you fit as an educator? Like do you feel like you're a 101 or a you know level 10 or all of the above? Like where do you fit, you know, if someone's listening and they're like, "Oh, I like this talk." Can you kind of do them all or do you kind of serve a certain niche? I can do them all. Mm -hmm. Like from my own experience, uh, I think I can do them all. And I think I'm pretty good at actually gauging where people are and how far I can push it. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't take uh, somebody who's right beginner to go into something more uh, 
more daring. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah. But I actually personally where my niche is, where I really love to be is uh, to work women in, with women in uh, sexless relationships. Okay. Yeah. So when, when you talk about, you know, like, okay, you can go and you know where to maybe push them or what's dangerous or uh, mm-hmm. you didn't say dangerous, scratch, scratch that. Um, what did you say? What, <laughs> more, more advanced, advanced. More daring. daring, daring, that was the word. It wasn't daring. dangerous. Was a- oh my God. That, that right there is a subconscious thing that needs to be unwound. Right. Yes, yes. Like right there, like that. I just totally just discovered something right there because when when you were talking when we were talking about you know the different levels and I said dangerous for a level 10 or whatever that just shows where my mind is at right Mm -hmm. like when it was really daring so anyway so there's more daring things do you feel like everybody on their journey is eventually going to get to the more daring things or do you feel like you know each of us is defining our sexuality I think definitely each of us is defining our sexuality. And if you do not want to go into the daring, then you don't have to go mm-hmm. because sexuality is for you. I love that. For you and you only, right? It's not for anybody else. It's not how cool or uncool you are. It's just for you. What feels good because sexuality is supposed to feel good and empowering. Mm. No, I love that. Now, one of the things that you said in some of the notes you sent over to me is you mentioned pleasure as a birthright. Talk a little Mm -hmm. bit more about that and your belief and thoughts. (laughs) Well, I believe we all are supposed to feel pleasure. And um, one of the biggest things that I have if I talk with somebody who says that, you know, I often hear of pleasure. I don't have a time for pleasure. Like uh, pleasure is just, it's, it's frivolous thing. It's, it doesn't matter to me. And it's usually, of course, women I talk to about this. And then I, <laughs> then I mention the, the tiny little part we have in our body that is called the clitoris. And the clitoris is the only part of our body that is meant just for pleasure. Hmm. It's got 8,000 nerve endings that are just for pleasure. Wow. Nothing else. Wow. Men don't, men don't have any organ like that. Uh, men have a penis that is a multitasking tool, right? Mm-hmm. For us, clitoris is just for pleasure. So doesn't matter who you believe created our bodies, but somebody very smart did. <laughs> <laughs> so they wouldn't make a mistake putting clitoris there. Yeah, no, and I and I love I love that perspective too because that's the thing. Like we have this part on our body that has all these nerve endings that's meant for pleasure. So mm-hmm. why not explore and embrace that for ourselves? Like. Mm-hmm. I think that right there is a potential breakthrough for a lot of people because that's, yes. it's like, Hey, this is already part of me because I think sometimes when you said it's even more than the penis, I feel like society or what we've learned, or at least what I learned is that the penis is, is the spot. You just look at it and it stands up, you know, it just, <laughs> it just go like, it's already, it's already ready to go at all times. You know, it seems like you're like, Hey, it's like, woo, ready. You know, it seems like that's the one that you don't even have to do anything compared to, you know, what women may have to have more of a buildup. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that's, that's a cool perspective. So let's talk. Cause one of the other things too, that you said is that how to have a thriving sex life and even too like what this can do to open up and clear your sacral chakra. Mm-hmm. Well, we always should have a thriving sex life because you probably know yourself when you have a really good thriving and happy sex life, then you feel like you're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. In one way it is because of all the hormones that are being released during sex life, but it's also how it makes you feel about yourself, how it makes you feel as a woman that that is huge. Right. And we can have a thriving sex life, not just with our partners. We can have a thriving sex life when we are single Mm. or if we are in a sexless relationship, whether it's for health reasons or, you know, raising family, all all that kind of adds up to um, some of the blocks we have. We can always have a great thriving sex life with ourselves, with our imagination, what are the steps then? Like, are you able to share what the steps are to how that we can do that? So, I mean, we know that it's good. We know that it'll block, you know, if someone's, you know, if someone's looking to align their chakras and they feel like mm-hmm. they have a block with sexuality or the creativity, right? Like, mm-hmm. then what is it that they can do? Because it's like, oh, you just have to have a thriving sex life. But we also talked about how the education's not there, the conversation's not there, you know, so if we don't have a model of possibility of what that looks like, like how do we get there? Or how do we know we have a thriving sex life? Like what are the steps to get there or to embrace that or to know if we have it or, or mm-hmm. even where it could be better? Cause maybe we think it's great right now, but it could be a whole nother level of awesome. I can tell you what I do with my clients okay. where they would like to have a thriving sex life. And that usually starts with loving and accepting your body. That is number one, because you have to enjoy the body and you have to enjoy your own body first. Hmm. I think that right? that's missed a lot. Cause think how much culturally it's like, Oh, well he should know how to please me or she should know how to please me type of conversations. Mm-hmm. But you, it's really hard to have that conversation if you don't know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, you know your body the best. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then it's your number one step is to actually learn to love your body. And that is an uh, exploration. It, either it's a yourself exploration. It's a during masturbation to actually find out what makes you tick what mm-hmm. feels good, what doesn't feel good. And it's not just exploring your genitals, but to explore your whole body. So it means uh, if it's just touching your inner thighs and seeing, you know, maybe you like being touched when it goes, when your hand goes up, maybe when your hands go down, slower strokes, faster strokes, scratches, scratches are really incredible. So to know your body really this well, And then when you actually know what your body likes and what it feels like to, then you can actually go to your partner or partners and uh, tell them what you like. That's Mm -hmm. how you can start a conversation. Yeah. No, I think that that works a lot better. Cause I mean, I just remember dating, at least for me, it was like, that was always a weird timid conversation in my experience. 
you know, so I'm sure there's other people at similar experiences. So if someone is single or even in a relationship with one or multiple people, I would just say like the big takeaway there is if you feel timid, it sounds like you've got some self-work to do. Yeah, totally. But what is usually hard for especially us women is to ask for what we need and what we want Mm -hmm. and to tell our partners that we enjoy pleasure, we love pleasure because for we were talking about the slut shaming we are very often afraid to actually say what we desire and to admit that we have desires because we are we are afraid of being slut shamed mm-hmm. right but i get a lot of quest, often question it's what makes a good lover mm. where what makes a good lover is a to know your own body and b is to have these conversations and especially with men, because men do not want to be guessing what you like, what you don't like, because we are all different. Mm-hmm. So what one partner like, the other one might not. Yeah. So there is really not thing as a signature move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so funny. Right? I love. It's funny. I just am thinking back to my dating days. You know, they would be like, say something along those lines, like, "Oh, baby, I got my signature move. It's gonna make you scream or whatever." And I'd be like, "Ew, get out of here!" You know. So at least I know my but- intuition was telling me right. Like these guys just talking up this game. Our intuition is always right. Oh, how funny. No. Go ahead. But it's not only that every person is different. It's our body is different. Mm -hmm. So what might have felt great yesterday or this morning might not feel great in the afternoon. Yeah. And especially with us women, right? It depends how tired we are or how awake we are, how much we have eaten, how hydrated we are where we are in our cycle mm-hmm. or what our hormones are doing, right? So as I said, what felt good even in the morning might not feel good in the afternoon. Oh. So that's why these conversations are very, very important because there can be so many misconceptions. There can be so many misunderstandings. You might be heading for disappointment. So say what you want. What if your partner... It's not open. Mm -hmm. What if your partner, like you start sharing and your partner's kind of the one who's uncomfortable? Well, then you have some work to do, both of you. Yeah. But there has to be a certain level of intimacy so you actually feel like you can talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because sexuality is so important in relationships. And uh, you don't want to put in a back burner because if you don't have a great sex life, then there becomes a lot of when people are just not sharing and people are, what is the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Um, There's a lot of resentment built. Mm, Yeah. A lot of resentment and resentment is very hard to get rid of. So um, sharing and being open about sexuality, it can be uncomfortable, totally can be uncomfortable. But it's to build that intimacy levels between the two of you that you can talk about it and that you do not take it personally if you are not doing everything that your partner wants you to do mm-hmm. or not to the degree they want it. Don't take it personally. Take that completely out of the equation and just think about it that you want to please your partner. You want to pleasure them the way they want to be pleasured. 
Yeah, not the way you want to, the way they want to. Yes, yeah. yes. It's You know how people say the golden rule is treat people the way you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. No, actually treat them the way they want to be treated because we all have different love languages. We have a... We like dif- different things, mm-hmm. right? That makes it more interesting and more fun. Right. No, definitely. What can we do to amplify and raise our sensuality and our sexuality? <sighs> well, for me, is actually being in my body. It's for, for all of us, is being in our body, being present in our body. And sensuality means actually employing all your five senses. Mm. But how often we actually don't because we are walking in a life just kind of on autopilot. You know, when you're driving somewhere, you've driven there a million times before and you're like, oh, how did I even get here? I don't remember driving. <laughs> right, right. You're just an right? autopilot, so, especially with exactly. kids and a job or a business or, you know, you're just kind of going through the day every day, all the tasks. Exactly. So it is to give ourselves times times during the day when we actually pause and um, explore our senses. I give my clients exercise where they actually set uh, their timer mm-hmm. on a few times a day. Uh, there are there's some really great app. It's called Randomly Remind Me mm-hmm. app. It's uh, it's not on a it's not on Apple products, but it's uh, on a Samsung and all the other okay. products. And uh, you can set the timer a few times a day. And when a timer randomly goes off, you decide for 30 seconds to explore one of your senses. So for 30 seconds, you stop. And you, for example, close your eyes and you listen. And you listen for the sounds around you. And then you can listen even further. Because very often we don't listen. We just hear all the noise that's really close to us, but what's what's underneath it, what's behind it, right? We can do the same with smell. We can just pause and try to smell around us. You know, look at the different things. Close your eyes and look at, open. sorry, close your eyes, open them, and look for new things around you. Mm-hmm. Or... Touch yourself for 30 seconds, you know, explore how your skin feels, how your jeans feel, how your sweater feels, whatever you're wearing. But to really actually exercise all five of your senses, that can be one way. Uh, Other way is movement. And for me, that's dancing. Mm -hmm. Do you dance like you just kind of jump up and down or do you move your hips a certain way or both? It depends what mood I'm in okay. and what music I have. So any type of dancing or a certain uh, type. Any kind of dancing. You know what? Any kind of dancing that makes you happy. Okay. For us women, uh, moving hips is great because hips are actually governed by the by the second by the sacral chakra. So and we hold a lot of tension and emotions in our hips too. So actually have them uh, like sway your hips. Well, how does it make you feel when you actually sway your hips? Especially if you're right? tapping you, into that, right? Exactly. When you tap really into the movement of your hips, well, you can actually 
feel the energy slowly actually rising and um, it feels extremely sensual and sexual too mm-hmm. and powerful. So dancing is a great, shaking is a really great way too because we store our emotions in our body. So when we shake, we are freeing all these emotions and our body has become more loose. So that's really, it's one of the tantric practices mm-hmm. actually is a lot of, lot of shaking. Okay. Those all sound like great things that we can do. And, and I love it because it's, it's almost like very similar to what Jay and I talk about with our clients, you know, just when it comes to movement and mindset and all of that, it's like, sometimes you just got to mm-hmm. shake it up or you got to dance, you got to move the energy. But I feel like what the distinction here is, is like the intention behind it and really paying attention in a different way. Yes, it is. And, and get into your body. Mm-hmm. Like really get into your body. That is the most important. As I said, we usually mostly in our head. So get into your body and feel with your body, feel through your body because our bodies are amazing. Yeah, they really are. And they are designed for a lot of pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And that's exactly why you are who you are with all of your amazing titles. I mean, like you just, I wish you guys could see our face because like when we talk about certain aspects of pleasure and certain aspects of this sensuality and sexuality, she just lights up. She just lights up like her whole demeanor changes and it just gets really like light and playful and, and fun. So, you know, this is, this has been like an amazing conversation. I think this has been a great way to really round off the sacral chakra and to be able to bring an additional perspective into what the chakra means. And if you are listening and you are like, oh my God, I want more, I want to go further. I want to continue this conversation what would be the next steps? Like where does someone go to find you or how can they work with you? Do you offer coaching? You know, do you do virtual stuff? How do you work with people? I'm actually just starting to coach Mm -hmm. because I was uh, mostly doing my somatic practices of working with clients hands on. And now during the COVID and everything, I was like, okay, I gotta start doing something else. And uh, I'm doing one-on-one coaching right now. Okay and working on my group coachings, but one-on-one, I think it's it's really where my jam is because I love talking to people. And as I said, sexuality can be quite triggering. So this is what I prefer to do. Right now, the easiest is to find me on my Facebook, which mm-hmm. is Clara Wilder. I have a website that is mostly just for my body work. That's called a pleasureinspiredlife.ca and working on my coaching website. Oh, perfect. I I think you guys, if once, like I say on every episode, if you are vibing with her and you want to take it further, please reach out. I mean, we've got some amazing people that could really help open up a lot of things for you in your life, in your sensuality, in your sexuality. Why not start Mm -hmm. now? Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such an amazing episode. Thank you for having me. All right. See you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Life Adventurous podcast. If you love this episode, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For course information, freebies, and to stay connected, join our Ohana, that means family, at www.2jhala.com forward slash Ohana. Remember to stay positive, enjoy the journey, and most of all, keep those eyes open for all of the adventures surrounding you.